I, I was sitting uh, on my couch. Uh, I, I was thinking th- this isn't your fault. I, I was waiting for you to say, okay, Declan is like starting to fall asleep. Uh, so, so I'll be in like <laughs> 10 minutes or so. And then I would say, okay, I'm going to go down to the studio now and we should be ready at about the same time. And then I see your text that says, okay, yeah, I'll text you in a second. Okay, invite sent. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just like got distracted, found something else to do. You know, you were like uh, on your way out the door or whatever. And, <laughs> well, I, and then, I was, but I, no, he's. I, yeah. I, I was eating a late lunch, and I it was like uh, what one fifty, and we were supposed to have a two o'clock record, and I'm like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave now. I'll get there like right at one, and then you you said, uh, hey, you still have to put Decky down. I'll text you in a sec at one fifty. So I'm like, oh shit, uh, okay, I'll hang off like fifteen twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then 20 yeah, minutes it used to be tw- once i said yeah well 20 minutes later it's once i said hey, I i'm was ready putting right him down. now it used to be that it took that long but now he'll go by go down by himself especially because he oh, like good. woke up good, he good. went to bed late last night and he woke up early this morning and plus he's three so he's yeah. able to like we used to have to sit with him until he fell asleep and now he'll <laughs> he'll just kind of conk out so <laughs> and i'm in in, in, in in an anomaly for a weekday uh recording which is what we're doing right now i am in my world headquarters Ooh. location not my satellite office yeah because he's sleeping actually in his own bed at least to nap which is you <laughs> so, know so what great, is, which is like an earthquake for us so what is the world headquarters then is it your closet is it the guest bedroom yeah okay <laughs> no no it's my closet it's, yeah, y- it's yeah. your no, there's closet. no guest bedroom here okay okay I, I i didn't know if it was like yeah. your closet or if you guys had a guest bed or or if it's just the basement <laughs> or something <laughs> No, no. The the one guest, the one time we have uh, had a guest, he did sleep in Declan's room. Oh, but really? That's because Declan at night still is sleeping with us. <laughs> so, but at least he's napping in his own bed. Baby steps. Baby yeah, steps. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, hey, geez, what? It, <laughs> but I also, it was, yeah. it, it was his birthday this past week. He's almost not a baby anymore. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's three. Jeez. <laughs> yep. But I also feel great today because I got my first haircut in three months. Really? Oh my gosh! I yeah. uh, I got mine uh, last Thursday. <laughs> wow, where'd you go? Uh, I, the, I I I know a girl. <laughs> uh-huh. Not 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 a shop. Is it was officially. it at a? Sh- oh okay, okay. Yeah, it was at a house. <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, but she is like a licensed professional yes. or something. Yeah, yeah. Or she just knows how to cut hair. No, oh, she, okay. she's she's a licensed um, professional, but I, I mean, she's uh, uh, d- depending on how many people she brings in for like these uh, uh, black market haircuts, she's at risk of losing her license. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I think just one is enough. But um, yeah, like you if, know, if you got to do what you got to do. If people find out about it, for sure. I just found out today because you know I was I, I mentioned I ran into my boss on the way out of work today, and um, I remarked that I was you know I had my hair uh, I was on my way to my first appointment in three months. Yeah, and I was like you know yours has held up remarkably well, and he was like yeah I've been getting the black market cut, but he was actually going <laughs> to a shop, and the guy had like paper up on the windows and stuff. So really, nobody could see. It, it was very speakeasy. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been. Uh... I asked him if it was Ben Roethlisberger's guy, and he said <laughs> no, it wasn't. I've been leery about these people whose hair just hasn't been getting longer. Uh, all, all the more <laughs> I've been seeing them, and I'm like, what are you hiding? It's been three months. Hair, hair yeah. shows significant growth in three months. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's uh, 
it, yeah, it's suspicious. But you know who I respect? Or like, there's a the 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 news station I watch in the morning is Channel Eleven here in Pittsburgh, and I noticed I don't know probably uh, two or three weeks ago the morning news anchor, the woman morning news anchor just started pulling her hair back, and I was like, it must have just gotten so long that oh really <laughs> she didn't feel like doing anything with it except yeah pulling it back, and now this week it has been down since she's come back, so she was able to get it cut and everything, and. And now it's back down. Was it was it like shoulder she length? Like a ponytail before? or something? Yeah, I would say just maybe a little bit longer than the shoulder yeah, length. And yeah, yeah. So I'd, she had it pulled back into some sort of ponytail or something. You just couldn't see it. Wow. <laughs> see, if if I was a news yeah. anchor, uh, if something like this happened, I would make it my personal mission to just be as unkempt as possible. Uh, like I I wouldn't like comb or brush my hair. And I would let my beard grow out for three months just to show people, like, look, <laughs> I'm in this for the long haul. That would be awesome. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kept picturing, kept wanting to make a meme like news anchors in 2020 be like and have and post a picture of the news anchors in Batman after they find out that all the cosmetics have poison in them. Remember that in the original <laughs> Batman movie? I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the, the news anchors look like shit because they can't put makeup on anymore and they're like just covered in like blemishes and just they look old and, and ragged. <laughs> and I just I remember that being like they don't mention it, but when they do a newscast about it, it's just it's just something that it, it's kind of like an Easter egg. Like, oh, they look like crap because they can't wear makeup. <laughs> maybe i'll still do that even though everyone's opening up so should we get going yeah let's get started all right we probably should because uh, i was looking over my notes and i was like wow we have a lot of lot to talk about even before we get into the episode <laughs> oh god welcome to hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching seinfeld for the first time i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell and today we will eventually be discussing the scoff law season <laughs> six Episode 13. But before that, like I mentioned, we do have some homework and extra credit to get to. The only thing we really had from the last episode, which was the label maker, was about uh, Mae West. And um, Jerry, here's what Jerry's line from the diner talking to Elaine, who is now going to the Super Bowl and is surprised there may be an ulterior motive. He says, you'll go out with a guy one time. You ask him to go upstairs like you're Mae West. Of course, he's going to try to get you alone for the weekend. <laughs> and of course, Jerry was referring to Mae West, the actress uh, who passed away in 1980 at the age of 87. So she is already dead for 15 years by the time Jerry mentioned her, uh, which just goes to show you, you know, his pop culture references again uh, are all severely dated. Uh, but she was an American actress, singer, playwright, screenwriter, comedian, and sex symbol whose entertainment career spanned seven decades. And she was known for her lighthearted, body double entendres, and breezy sexual independence, including this line she was famous for, Why don't you come up sometime and see me? From the movie She Done Him Wrong, which came out in 1933. So you know it's on <laughs> Jerry's queue, yeah. uh, his Netflix queue, or his TCM queue, I guess, is probably what Jerry has. Wait, okay, so pause real quick. It, it was... Why don't you come up and why don't you come up and see me sometime or why don't you come up sometime and see me? Yes. Why don't why do I remember it as why don't you come up and see me sometime? Was that something else or was that a because parody one, of it? No, no, that's it. Like it's just one of those lines like Luke, I am your father or play it again, Sam. All these movie quotes hmm. that have just sort of been misquoted and, and paraphrased over the years. So we all remember it as <laughs> why don't you come up and see me sometime? But in the movie, it's why don't you come up sometime and see me? Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's better the way we all say it. I think that's why we all say it that way. It flows a little better than why don't you come up sometime and see me? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you come up and see me sometime just makes more sense because it sort of describes both 
you're going to come up here and you're going to see me. It's like, why don't you come up sometime and see me? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Just when you separate, when you, when you put the sometime in the middle there, it does sound clunky. But um, <laughs> one, of those, one of those movie lines to me that, like, uh, that blew my mind recently was that Morpheus never says, what if I told you blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? He d- really? and, and sure enough, I watched that whole scene in the Matrix. Yeah, Morpheus never says, "What if I told you?" Blah blah blah. Really? I'm like, no, he mu- surely he must because we all remember him saying that. But no. <laughs> wow. I know. Go back and watch. He Good say. lord. <laughs> uh, the other thing we want to know about was Regifter and whether or not Seinfeld can actually take credit for it, and I believe he can. So I found this, I think, from a Mental Floss article, and Regifter is listed as a Seinfeld coined word that was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2009 as a derivative of regift. Now the word regift is much older, originating in the early 19th century to refer to giving an additional gift. Mm. So I, I don't know when that I don't know what context that context that would come up in, but in the 1940s then it came to mean to give an unwanted gift to someone. And I take that as meaning a gift that that person would not want not a gift that is unwanted by you that you give to someone else because that would be the same way that Seinfeld made it. So, yeah, it was added to Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster lists the first known usages 1995. Wow, okay, Which is when this episode came out, yeah. (laughs) Wow, add it to to the list of, like, words made famous by TV shows, which currently, in my lexicon, is uh, embiggen and uh, cromulent. Yeah, yeah, it's a perfect, perfectly cromulent word. Yeah, it, but this it, it, one Seinfeld it, completely made up. It definitely embiggened my uh, my uh, words <laughs> that I use. <laughs> yeah, my word well. <laughs> uh, so here's some more stuff about the label maker. Writers Alec Berg and Jeff Schaefer, Schaefer came up with multiple endings to the episode's different plot threads. One of the endings considered for the Risk story was that a worker at the impound lot would give Newman a strategy that allows him to overcome Kramer's strong lead and eventually win the game. George's subplot was originally to end with Bonnie taking pity on Scott after he loses all his things in the mail, leading her to let him move back in and eventually start forming a sexual relationship with him, thus fulfilling George's original fear. Uh, but when Alec Berg and Jeff Schaefer saw the script for The Switch, they wanted to do a callback to that episode. So that's why it ends the way it did with George bringing up the menage a trois to get Bonnie to break up with him, which, of course, backfires, much to George's butt's uh, chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike most Seinfeld episodes, the first draft of the script was taken directly to the table read without any rewriting from Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld, Whoa. although they did add some material to the script uh, later, such as Jerry's comments about repeating the name of a gift to, you know, if, if someone doesn't like a gift, they'll repeat it like, oh, a label maker. Uh, and George and Jerry's discussion of how a male roommate has the advantage over a boyfriend. Those were added uh, after the initial table read. Huh. All right. Jeez. Uh, let me see. George's sneeze. Oh, this is amazing. George's sneeze after Jerry tells him that he blamed him for his party crashing in the mom and pop store. Remember, so uh, Jerry goes, oh, I blame the whole thing on you. And George sneezes and then does like a double take sort of to Jerry. Yeah. That was unscripted. Like he literally sneezed <laughs> and the director yelled cut, but they kept it in during the editing phase. Cause it was just so perfectly timed. I mean, <laughs> like uh, Jason Alexander just can't, he just, you know, even when he screws up, it, it's gold, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Even his speeches are perfectly <laughs> scripted. 
And speaking of sneezing, Julia Louis-Dreyfus had a bad cold during the filming. And since Brian Cranston had to kiss her directly on the mouth, he came down with the same cold two days later. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I couldn't really tell, though. Sometimes you can watch a TV episode and, and you can tell someone sounds like really stuffy and nasally, but um, I, I couldn't tell. She hit it well. I was just listening to an episode of The Office Ladies, and they were talking about an episode where um, Pam, wh- whoever the, uh, what's her name? Um, Angela. No, I can't oh, wait, no, Jenna Fisher. Name. Yes, Jenna Fisher was like deathly ill. She had like the worst cold, and they still had to film. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I can barely make it through this. And then she heard from her agent afterwards. They were like, hey, they loved your performance in the last whatever you did. Keep doing it because they were like you. That was a great <laughs> performance that whole episode. And she was like, I guess I just have to keep taking Sudafed because she was like, I'm so hopped up on cold medicine. Oh, my and I don't God. even remember it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, just one little other bit of interesting trivia. So we both were like flabbergasted at the fact that like neither of us are huge NFL fans. And yet we know that the Super Bowl always happens around a certain time. So we couldn't believe that the Drake would schedule his wedding for Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we know, in fact, when the next four Super Bowls are going to take place. <laughs> the next Super Bowl, depending on the season, is going to take place February 7th, 2021 in Tampa Bay. Uh, then February 6th, 2022 in LA at their new stadium that's currently under construction, then February 5th, 2023 in Arizona, then February 4th, 2024 in New Orleans. So there's no excuse for planning a wedding right now for it to be on Super Bowl Sunday. So so there are people who are going to get married in 2024 who have not even met the person that they are getting married to yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they hear this in time. (laughs) Yeah. Do not schedule your wedding for a Sunday in January or February, especially if you are a diehard NFL fan. Dear God. Yeah. The next four years, that first week of February is just off limits. It goes seven, six, five, four. Okay. So that's all you got to remember. That's all you got to remember. If you're planning an extra long engagement. I guess this kind of fits into our last episode because The Gun came up again, the lost Seinfeld episode. Oh, yeah. And evidently that script is nowhere to be found. I mean, it just really has not been released, which I still can't believe it's never seen the light of day. Like, it's been like, this is the perfect time to raise some money for COVID relief and get the big four back together and do a table read of The Gun. <laughs> of the you know lost I mean? episode. Like, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, look, but look, we, post, we we had a yeah. we had a table read of a community episode. This is the first time the cast of Community has been together for anything in God ten years, eight years probably. Yeah, yeah. if they can do it, Seinfeld can do it. Yeah. <laughs> but the post Kyle Smith unearthed this bit of trivia via author Dennis Bjorklund's 2013 book Seinfeld reference. NBC censors pretty much let Jerry, and it's, it's interesting that it comes up today, uh, NBC censors pretty much let Jerry and Larry get away with whatever they wanted to on Seinfeld. But one of the few exceptions was a proposed episode in which George gets in trouble for saying this. You know, I've never seen a black person order a salad. <laughs> what? And I, I guess the whole episode is about, you know... Uh, the, about that, that he gets in trouble for saying that and doesn't understand why. So, what made the joke so touchy for NBC apparently is when much edgier, you know, much there was much edgier racial comedy before and yeah. since. But critic David Free argued that Seinfeld's all white cast and largely white writing staff were poorly positioned to defy America's ultimate no-no. Talking about 
you know, uh, the differences between the races and stuff like that. Mm. So that's why it was scrapped by NBC. So that's kind of interesting. Interesting. Wait, I, this is this seems eerily familiar. Have we talked about this premise for an episode yet? I don't think so. Oh wait, no. I, I'm thinking of like there was um, there was another like. I, I think banned premise of an episode. Maybe this didn't get written. Was it something about like a a, a Puerto Rican parade or something? Someone may have oh, emailed us right, about right. this yeah, at one point. Yeah, the Puerto Rican Day Parade did get written and aired, but I think it only aired once or, or twice. So like I don't. I think they've pulled it from syndication uh, because it because of some controversy. Yeah. Was uh it, has that come up in our in our run through yet? I I don't remember watching this one. Or, or was it a later season? No, it's like the Yeah, it's like the second to last episode or something crazy like that. Mm, okay. I, I wonder if yeah, yeah, I wonder if Hulu really has late. it. I doubt it. I think they do. Huh. Okay. If they have the um if they have the non Jerry Stiller cut of <laughs> the, a, you know that episode whatever it was then i'm sure they have the puerto rican day parade yeah they just don't run it in syndication anymore i guess they just want don't want to you know station to get caught off guard in that way but i think if you choose to watch it maybe it has like a disney plus style intro like this uh, there's cultural depictions in here that may not well what it is i mean i'll tell you because maybe you'll forget by the time like a puerto rican flag catches on fire or something like that and mm-hmm. and kramer or something like uh, stamps it out but people think that he lit it on fire and He's stepping on the Puerto Rican flag or something like that at the parade. And so oh it's a case of mistaken, um, not identity, but, you know, maybe identity. Uh, yeah, something it, like that. It is on Hulu. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it is. I I uh, it, it. it is the uh, third to last episode of the series. Uh-huh. Uh, it is episode 20 of season nine. But then episode 21 is the clip show. And then episode 23. Wait, uh, oh, okay, episode 23 is then the finale. There is no episode 22 because the clip show is double length. Aha, uh-huh. and there's a couple of other things that I want to mention, but one, one of them is going to come up later, so I'll save that, and then the other one is just kind of a fun little bit of news uh, that came out this week that is just on the edge of Seinfeld news, so I'll save that as well, because I know we have some actual newsy news to talk about. Yeah, the actual newsy news is uh, Jerry Seinfeld broke his podcast silence uh, <laughs> and did Mark Marin's uh, WTF show? And did you get a chance to listen to it? I did. I killed the whole thing. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I just finished it this afternoon, and uh, I, I thought the the whole thing, honestly, I thought was uh, largely underwhelming. Um, but until the end, uh, Jerry drops the line, or uh, I, I think Mark is asking Jerry. He's like, how do you feel whenever you're up on stage? Like, are you having a good time? Like, are you enjoying the moment? And Jerry's like, I'm up there to get a laugh. Like, you don't ask a pilot of an F-16, how are the clouds? He's like, I'm busy. I, I can't really look at the clouds. Jerry's like, I'm not uh, I'm not up there to enjoy it. I'm up there to get the laugh. Yeah, yeah. He's almost like, I have, I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, re- I, I appreciated that. And, and I mean, if you... I could listen to those guys just rattle off names of comedians, which is a lot of the episode. <laughs> it really like, is. For, forever because I I love Inside Baseball and and I love I could listen to Jerry Seinfeld agree or disagree. I could listen to him talk about the theory of comedy forever, which is kind of funny because he has he has thoughts on it. Like he could teach like every time every interview he does is sort of a masterclass in writing jokes and how to be funny and how to do comedy and stuff. But then he's like, Oh, there's no science behind it. It's just get a laugh and whatever works works (laughs) and blah, blah, blah. But 
but he will talk about what mm-hmm. works and what doesn't work maybe just for him but you know i mean th- this is like every other interview with him in that regard i mean and they and they're they really break it down yeah yeah I, I mean it's it's very big on like the history of and the theory of comedy and, and then like e- even yeah. in the closing like minute uh mark is asking jerry's like what do you do whenever you're trying to craft an hour and jerry's like I, I don't I don't craft an hour. I just always have an act ready. I I, co- I come from the seventies, and Jerry actually gets a little uh, a little heated here at Mark. Uh, but Jerry's like, I, I I always have my material ready to go, ready to go. What are you talking about? And, uh, and and Mark is like, well, whenever you're trying to craft new material, you don't do it in Atlantic City. Where do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mark even asks him. He's like, I'm not I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> like J- Jerry's very <laughs> confrontational about it. It does. It does get a little confrontational. It's funny. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like they, they but, hang yeah. up on their Zoom call, like it, it, not liking each other. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was a debate. <laughs> I would say like a debate more than an argument, but it is very. Uh, I'm trying to think of the per. The, I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue the word to describe it, but but confrontational <laughs> probably works. You know, it works just as well. It's it's funny because they're sort of. It's when you're like arguing with somebody and then you realize you're talking about the same thing. Yeah, like they are talking about the same thing, but they never realize it. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's not how I was expecting it to end, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And one of the one of my you know uh, we learned a little bit. Jerry's very guarded about his personal life. You know, one of the things he mentions about is is you know he doesn't get up there to tell stories or or whatever or talk about his life um, in in any direct way, like to get personal. It's mm-hmm. all very broad personal topics. And but we do so we do learn a little bit more about him. Like his dad was in World War II and growing up and and where he grew up and his and and stuff like that. But I loved hearing about how nerdy he was when he was young, which kind of surprised me because he seems like such a cool guy on the show Seinfeld. He's getting laid constantly Mm -hmm. a different, beautiful woman every week. (laughs) And I'm like, and then, but I identified with the way he talked about high school so much. He was like, I, I didn't even know they were parties that I wasn't getting invited to. Yes. I was like, that's, that's written on, that could be written on my tombstone. Like, I had no idea that, you know, like when I saw American Pie and stuff like that, it wasn't until years later that I I was like, man, you know, when you see a movie about high school, you're like, man, high school's not really like that. But for some people, it is. <laughs> like for some people, it's drinking and parties and sex. And like, it was not like that for me at all. And I love how Jerry was like, I was, I knew there was something going on under girls' sweaters and I wanted to be a part of that. But besides that, I just wanted to stay home and watch TV. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, like anytime it's very much the same for me. Anytime like I watch anything uh where it's like high school party, everyone like from the school is there, even the nerd. Uh they're <laughs> all doing keg stands. Everyone's getting laid. I'm like, "Does did this actually happen? I I, I wasn't told about any of this." <laughs> I, how No. Nope. Uncool was I in high school? Holy shit! It didn't. It didn't even occur to me and my friends to try to get alcohol. Like <laughs> I was telling the story to my parents over the. Um, I forget why it came up, but like that when you when you realize for the first time that you have your own money and if you want to go to McDonald's at ten at night, you can do that. Like it's sort of a revelation when you're like, wait a second, this food that I'm, I'm 
that was like portioned out to me and I'm not allowed to have like treats and stuff. Yeah. I can now buy whenever I want. Like, I remember <laughs> the first time, like my mom, whenever she'd buy soft batch cookies, you know, the Keebler soft batch cookies, they were my favorite. She kept them very, like I would get one a month if I was lucky, you know, for some reason they were kept very uh, locked up and I, I couldn't have them very often. But I remember going to a seven 11, like, Oh man, soft batch cookies. I love those. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I'm like I 17. Why don't yeah. I just buy a thing of, soft batch cookies for $5.99 and eat them all right now. And that's exactly what I did. And I said this to my parents. I was like, so that's what me and that's what me and Big Dave and all my friends were doing instead of trying to get alcohol. I was like, I was I was binging soft soft batch cookies. Uh, it, is that your is that your first moment of, hey, I'm an adult now. I, I can do this if I want yes. that you remember. Yes. Mine. Yeah. Mine was uh, mine was actually kind of late. I think mine was in my sophomore year of college. And so I was probably like 19, maybe 20, and I, I'm at the grocery store just buying like some some stuff, which I was already buying my own groceries, but I, I thought like, okay, yeah, I'll just buy like the stuff I need. But I'm in the candy aisle, and it's definitely not around Halloween. I see a bag of Kit Kats, and you know, I'm like, I'm going to fucking buy those <laughs> Kit Kats. And I killed <laughs> that bag of Kit Kats that night. <laughs> because why not? You're an adult because you're a man. I can do whatever the hell I you're want. A grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other way this came up, the, the other way this manifested itself, even before I heard the Jerry Seinfeld thing, was for some reason last night I thought about a TV show that I loved and I hadn't thought about it in years, but it is the other way that I knew Jason Alexander, and that's Duckman, which was a cartoon oh that was on the USA Network. Yeah. Did you watch that? I yes, loved Duckman. Duckman. I didn't watch it like in its first run. Uh, I, I think Comedy Central re-aired it during the day uh, in the early 2000s. I'm so close to popping on Duckman, the complete series on DVD, which is like 25 bucks on Amazon. Yo, do like, it. Oh, gosh. If, I, if you, I need to because... If, if you do it, add it to your, unlim your seemingly unlimited storage on Dropbox and share it with me. <laughs> I do know that a lot of them are on YouTube. Maybe not all of them, but I did see that. And, I mean, that, that's it's those kind of things like that. I'm like, why is it? This must cost pennies on the dollar for Netflix to put up or something. Like, mm -hmm. I can't believe there are still shows that are unavailable to stream. It yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, like Yes, dear. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but but one of my friends commented, so I put it up. I put up a picture of the Duckman cast with no context, and I was like, man, I hadn't thought about this in years. And then all of a sudden it popped into my head. And one of my friends commented, uh, Duckman and Weird Science on Saturday nights. And I was like, yeah, nothing better. And I posted a picture of we the Weird Science TV show that I also loved. And then under that, I was like, well, I mean, maybe getting invited to parties and dances would have been better, but probably not. <laughs> but like Saturday night, I was watching Duckman and Weird Science. I was not interested in going Man. to the school dance. Jeez. And then I heard, and then I get up this morning and I hear Jerry say that. And I'm like, oh, I, I feel seen. I feel seen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's all I got. <laughs> uh, oddly <laughs> enough, I think we did more of a monologue than Mark Marin does anymore. So we should probably get to the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's funny you said you mentioned Mark's monologue because I listen to that because sometimes he'll talk about the guest and I really expected to hear like, eh, so Jerry Seinfeld's on the show. Yeah, he hates me because uh, back in the day I spit on his, you know, whatever. Like I, because Mark has like has a grudge with seemingly every yes. comedian, but Good I didn't Lord. know that that Jerry was like 
that much older than him, you know? So it's funny that like they never came into contact, but I really thought it was going to be like, yeah, so I'm going to apologize to him uh, about that thing I did. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to him about pissing in his drink at the comedy store. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I broke a bottle on his head back in 1983, and I guess I better say I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Yeah, my he, I was he, on he, cocaine, you know. He was over to do the podcast in the in the first 100 episodes, and then my cat shit in his shoes, and, and then he hasn't talked to me since. <laughs> yeah, I really I was really expecting to hear that, but no, no, there was none of that. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it was it was interesting to hear uh, Mark Marin be like the up and coming like kid persona in the in the dynamic oh, yeah. of the interview, you know. <laughs> Totally, because <laughs> that, that that's all he yeah, was. Let me come and, and the last one I listened to was, um, damn it, John Ralphio. What's his Ben 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 Schwartz? Ben and, Schwartz. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and that was the last one I listened to. He's like, uh, and and Mark was <laughs> such like the old man on that episode. He's like, yeah, I mean, I I know of you. I don't know anything you've done, but let's talk. You know, it was one of those interviews where he's just like running down the IMDb. He's like, oh, well, what'd you do for Star Wars? I guess. I don't know. Like, ugh. <laughs> what are you doing? What, you, you think you're funny? Uh, I don't know. What do you do? Improv, and that's funny. Like, it was, <laughs> God, it, yeah, was, that, it was hilarious. Th- that was that one was painful to listen to. <laughs> but you know, I, it's not the first time that because I heard Middle Ditch and Schwartz do I think Conan's podcast, and he's another old guy that doesn't necessarily get modern improv at least because mm-hmm. I, I think he did improv back in the day, and he's a yeah. quick wit, you know, but. But but what those guys do is just so it's like not understandable by an older audience. It seems like so, you know, especially Conan when he was trying to do improv and Mark saying like, "Oh, what do you do? You get up there and dance around and and, and uh, yeah, yeah, dance around like a stupid monkey, right? Like a clown." He's like, "No, no, I mean, I don't mean that." Like, <laughs> but he definitely did. <laughs> oh God. All right, so that's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, uh, if you if you've never listened to this before, uh, you're not going to believe me when I say this, but we are not a research heavy show. Uh, we like to have our questions come up naturally and assign them to ourselves the week after, as though we are giving ourselves homework. I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. Uh, if we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet at no hugging or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com and yes we will keep saying lifelong fan for years david oh no <laughs> no he he emailed us again and I, I i i'm just joking uh he's like you got to admit whenever whenever i'm complaining about this i must be running out of things to complain about so that so david th- <laughs> thank you for still listening uh it's 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 all in good fun at this point um, but if you like what you hear, give us a rating and a review, five-star rating preferably on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Uh, if you leave it anywhere other than Apple Podcasts, please send us a screenshot of it and uh, send us your address. We're going to send you a no-hugging, no-learning holographic sticker free of charge. Um, I got to send out a few more because a few more rolled out after the ones that I sent out. Um, and I, I think, I think that's all of my top of show stuff. So, uh, let's get into season six, episode 13, the scoff law original air date, January 26th, 1995. If you're looking in TV guide that night, you are going to see, uh, oh wait, before I get to the description, I was two years, one month and six days old. And if you count this episode and every other episode we have left, we have 77 episodes remaining until we become a uh, 
Mark Marin monologue. <laughs> a, a Mark Marin review podcast. A Mark Marin podcast review podcast. <laughs> yeah. At least we'll never run out of content. I think just the monologues. Just the monologues. Oh, good lord. Yeah. And then we don't <laughs> talk about the interview. Well, just, just just the monologues and just the endings. So we we know all about his cats. We know all about the studios, and we know like what guitar riffs he plays. Not not to mention that Boomer lives. Yes, Boomer lives. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, if you're looking at TV Guide the night of January 26, 1995, you are going to see a friend. Per- parenthetical: John Lovitz takes illness to get Jerry's <laughs> sympathy. And Kramer obstructs justice. Uh, I kind of hate it, but we'll, we'll see if we can do better when we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, we start with a stand-up bit as usual, and this is about, I guess, a new accessory for glasses, uh, which is the strap <laughs> around the back. This was new in 95? I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it can't be, right? What? <laughs> no, that has to have been around since, like, Glasses were invented. <laughs> there, there's no way this was a new accessory in 1995. <laughs> Absolutely no way. So I guess the new thing for glasses is the strap around the back, so you can take them off and hang them around <laughs> your neck. That's brand new, everybody. They just invented it. Like, what? Have you guys seen this? What? Yes. Like, Ben Franklin had one, I think. <laughs> but Jerry doesn't understand glasses, obviously. I wonder if now that he's older, maybe he needs glasses and he understands that, like, for some people, like myself, they are all the time things. Mm-hmm. But for some people, some people only need them for when they are seeing things far away. Some people need them for reading or seeing things very close up. And and so you, some people need uh, what's called uh, speaking of Ben Franklin bifocals, mm-hmm. which are you know would that blow Jerry's mind that they have two lenses in them so you can depending <laughs> on where you're looking at. I, I, he seems to not understand the concept of glasses. What are these glasses with two lenses in them? <laughs> Who here has already got four eyes, let alone being called four eyes? Are they getting called eight eyes? Yeah. He's like, I thought the point of glasses was you need glasses. <laughs> yeah, not all the time. And then he compares them to crutches. Like, it's not like when you have crutches, oh my God. you can, they, they have little chains that attach to your belt, so you don't have to use them all the time. I'm like, no, not not the same. Not the same thing. <laughs> it's one of the one of the several bits that have come up during the run of the show so far where if you just think about it for one more second, it, it becomes dumb you're not you're not thinking with the top thought the top of your mind anymore you know so i i did not like this especially as a glasses wearer <laughs> would, would you, would you dare wearer. say would you dare go as far to say as you were offended by it <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> okay <laughs> i was more just puzzled how someone could not understand that you don't wear glasses all the time <laughs> So out on the street, uh, George is walking along the street, and he runs into Gary, played by John Lovitz. Gary has been busy because George is like, hey, I've been calling you, and I haven't been able to get a hold of you. What's going on? What's so, we're all busy. What have you been so busy with? And Gary says, mostly chemotherapy. <laughs> and so George is kind of taken aback at the fact that uh, this guy uh, just revealed yeah. he has cancer. We're, uh, we're like 10, maybe 15 seconds into the episode, and I- I've already <laughs> paused it and looked at my TV screen and went, oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on the same street, Kramer yells at a litter bug who throws something out of his car, throws a bunch of trash out of his car. Hey, pig. And he happens to be right next to a police officer who then loses the car 
for which he was writing a ticket. And <laughs> what an interesting week for this particular storyline to pop up as well. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this in post apocalyptic uh, on post apocalyptic Earth, as we sometimes mention, uh, there are large protests going on uh, all across the world uh, regarding policing and race, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so. Up in Jerry's apartment, Superman is on the fridge, and Kramer is explaining to Jerry what happened out on the street, that he was yelling to the litter bug, not the cop. George comes in, and he says he has to talk to Jerry privately, and Kramer gives him a hard time about it in the funniest way. I thought this was hilarious. Like, he puts him in a headlock and everything. (laughs) Yeah, Kramer's like, as as long as you tell me next time, okay? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then he stares at him as he leaves. It, it was just hilarious. And, <laughs> it was very menacing. Uh, like very, very, Yeah, and very Big Brother-ish, too. Like, very much like a Big Brother would do. Like, yeah. come on, you can tell me. And puts him in a headlock. And, and George is trying to be very serious, you know. Uh, and so, finally, he leaves. And George tells Jerry about Gary having cancer. And Jerry knew months ago about Gary. Uh, and <laughs> because he told him. And George is insulted that... Gary didn't tell him he had cancer and I love and Jerry who is known to do this like he takes George's side in a very tongue-in-cheek way but George doesn't realize it you know so he's saying stuff like (laughs) his illness is your business (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) and Elaine comes in and even she knew about Gary's cancer which means (laughs) that Jerry told her and not George and and one of the reasons is you know that Jerry didn't that Jerry gives is like, you're not my wife. I don't have to tell you everything. And so the fact that he told Elaine is like, she's not your wife either. You know, so George is even more insulted now that he was left out of the loop. Yeah. The main reason we learn is that Jerry just doesn't trust George with a secret. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a horrible poker face. evidently. Mm-hmm. And Kramer comes back in and he saw Jake Jarmel on TV, who Elaine broke up with a few, uh, you know, a long time ago in an episode. And Kramer loves the glasses he was wearing and wants them for a new look. And, because he, he feel like he feels like his current look is getting stale or something stagnant. That's what it is. Stagnant. His current style. George is insulted as a glasses wearer. That Kramer, who does not need glasses, wants to wear some to update his style or something like that. That's right. That's what I agree with. <laughs> yes, and and I and I feel the same way. So here's what does insult me as a glasses wearer: when it became very you know in vogue and very in style, and I would say the. I don't know, I'm going to say just the mid-90s for, like, emo girls especially to wear, you know, the Buddy Holly glasses without any mm-hmm. frames in them. And I'm like, yeah. you know what I would give to not need glasses like you and not have this weight <laughs> on my face? And now you're wearing them as style. Like, it is, It is. I forget who compares it to, like, uh, I think it's George who's, like, a wheelchair. You know, like, yeah. for if a wheelchair has become fashionable, it's like, you know what, that's just very <laughs> insulting. <laughs> you said that was in the mid-90s? That's what I would say, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, maybe that's just when I started... Becoming, okay, I was gonna say that when came, I started noticing style that came back hard whenever I was in high school. So like we're talking late two thousands as well. Yeah, I don't know if it went away after it came back. Mm, okay, I think it just became like it, a, it, just, yeah, became it just became the a thing. style. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and I'm like, why are you why are you doing that to yourself? You know <laughs> why? You know, I, I just never understood it as someone who needed glasses or, or just like wearing um, the frames without the lenses. Yeah, that's mostly <laughs> what it was. I mean, you could buy them, I guess, with the lenses in them. But they were just plastic. You know, they weren't framed or concave or convex or anything at all. <laughs> they didn't They didn't help your sight. Yeah. Uh, and Elaine mentions uh, Jake Jarmel's bad, the bad breakup she had with him. And if you forgot, there, our memory is refreshed. It was the Juji Fruits uh, that 
Elaine finds out at a movie that Jake got in an accident and she buys Juji fruits at the theater and she's still eating them when she goes to visit him in the hospital. And that's what broke them up. Uh, over at Walden Books, which do you remember Walden Books? Oh, do I remember Walden Books? We had one in our local like Podunk Mall and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a mall staple. Yes. All throughout my childhood <laughs> as well. Oh, man, this this place ruled. Yeah, I mean, you could go in and just read all the magazines you wanted to, or all the books, like you know, uh, and yeah, it was it was great. And and then it got it got swallowed up by Barnes and Noble, the brand did anyway. And then the Walden Brooks Walden Books went defunct uh, around 2011, mm-hmm. is what I found. Yeah, well, what its its parent so company its parent company was Borders, is that right? And, right, and then, not Barnes and, then, and Noble. That's right, Borders. Yeah. And then like Borders closed all the Walden Books, and then like really successful ones became Borders. But then Borders went under and succumbed to Barnes & Noble, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Jake is there signing his book. He's got a two-day book signing at Walden Books there. And he won't tell Kramer where his frames are from because he doesn't want anyone else to have them. And Kramer says, well, that's peculiar. <laughs> and walks away without finding out. Uh, over at Monks, George and Gary have met up. And George tells Gary that he's hurt about not being told that he had cancer I, I like that this too gary says oh, i'm sorry i guess i was just thinking of myself and george <laughs> is like exactly or something like that <laughs> well and, and then, still doesn't realize that he's in the wrong exactly and and then gary uh <laughs> or gary even tells george again uh it's it's because george can't keep a secret he says george you get a pair and the whole table knows again talking about his poker face <laughs> yeah and gary also mentions in this scene that uh, maybe you, maybe you, with the captions on, you got a better look at this name. I wrote down Debbie Biblo, I think. Oh, I didn't catch that. Debbie Biblo says hi. Hmm. Okay. I I knew, I knew it was Debbie. I did. I didn't catch the the last name. Oh, okay. Maybe I maybe I'm messing it up. Maybe I wrote it down uh, later too, and we'll see if uh, I see if my chicken scratch looks any different <laughs> than it does in this uh, particular instance. Uh, out on the street, Kramer is apologizing to the police officer. And the cop is so upset because he was ticketing a brown Dodge diplomat that he has been chasing since 1979. And when it was parked in a church zone illegally and he's never been able. And, and that was that day yesterday that, that he finally caught his white whale. But then being distracted by Kramer, the white whale got away. And Kramer, this happens a lot with oftentimes the gang starts telling a story and then you realize that. The other person hasn't been paying attention, but Kramer hasn't been paying attention to the guy. He just really likes his eye patch. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know you mentioned his interaction with the cop at the beginning of the episode was uh, uh, unfortunately very timely. I, I think what he says in the beginning of the scene is uh, even more like prominent to that because uh, his name's Officer Morgan. I don't know if you caught uh, his name tag, uh, but Kramer's talking to Officer Morgan, and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I always wanted to be a police officer. And the cop is like, well, why didn't you become one? And Kramer's like, because I'm afraid of getting shot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who very, boy. Very interesting joke. Who boy. Uh, he, he. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to touch this one. We're, we're <laughs> <laughs> I know it's almost ironic, though. It's like ironically funny today. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so over at Monks, Gary tells George that you know, maybe to kind of make it up for him for not telling him about his illness that, you know, there's a spot very close to monks right around the corner that George can have 
for just the taxes, 50 bucks a month probably. And and Gary also pays for lunch. And George says he still wants to hear a secret. Mm -hmm. He still deserves to hear a secret from Gary. And so Gary tells him that he never had cancer. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah. Okay, I did some math here. <laughs> I I looked okay. up uh, because fifty dollars a month for a parking space, with that just being taxes. Do you want to know how much that mm-hmm. parking space costs? Mm, are we talking monthly? Yes, per month. Uh, I'll say like a thousand dollars. The tax rate, at least currently in New York City, is eight point eight seven five percent. So if the tax only is about fifty bucks a month, I rounded down and just made it an even fifty. That parking space is five hundred and sixty three dollars and thirty eight cents every single month just to put your car on a piece of pavement with a roof over it. Jeez, I'm not surprised. God, I, I, I. I shouldn't be surprised with, with how expensive that, that we both know New York City is. But good lord, oh, yeah. I know. I want to say that you know it's not every month. What was it? I think weekly here, and so New York City maybe even worse. But I know when my office was downtown, when our studios were downtown, I think a weekly, maybe it was monthly. No, I want to say because. The they gave us a small stipend monthly for yeah maybe it was like two fifty a month so maybe that is I want to say like a monthly lease was two fifty that's probably I think that's about right on a, on a parking space in downtown Pittsburgh so yeah may, so maybe five hundred is is probably what it about what it is but I knew it was going to be something astronomical that's why I way highballed it but <laughs> I bet <laughs> you can find spots depending on where they are for a thousand dollars a month. Oh, probably. They're going to be, like, right next to where you need to go in. It's going to be, like, the level of the door you need to go into and all that shit. Yeah. 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 And and so, George, you can kind of see immediately sort of regrets uh, hearing this secret from Gary that he never had cancer. Uh, over in the apartment, I noticed here that Superman is also on the bookshelf still. Mm-hmm. And Kramer is talking to Elaine about Jake and how he wouldn't tell him about the glasses and also i told him you said hi and elaine loses it and (laughs) sort of goes off on kramer like why did you tell him i said hi i didn't say hi yeah and now she has lost the upper hand in the breakup because he made the last contact in their breakup and so she had the upper hand there and elaine takes off to go to the bookstore to i guess make this right Mm -hmm. uh and and regain the upper hand meanwhile george comes in and he does indeed have a horrible poker face. God, this was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Which just goes again. I know that, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm the president of the Jason Alexander Appreciation Society, but it takes a good actor to act like a bad actor. And yeah. he's doing a great job here. That, that's that's very true. But, like, he, he just comes <laughs> in and Jerry's like, what, what's that? what's going on? Nothing. What's, what's, what's on your mind? No, no nothing. Everything's okay. Just ve- I I don't think he says more than like three words at one point. Yeah, and he's so stiff and like what? No, it won't look Jerry in the face. Oh, no, uh, uh, no, totally normal. Everything's fine. Uh, great. <laughs> and Jerry hounds him until he breaks and tells him that Gary never had cancer. Over at Walden Books, we find the, out the name of Jake Jarmel's book is "What's with the Pepper." <laughs> is that what? What it does was? that mean? I don't know. I, I could. Yeah. I couldn't quite make it out, but I'm like, I, I, I was wondering what it was. 
It's got there's a big stand up of Jake <laughs> with him holding the book and it says what's with the pepper. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. All right. Maybe maybe uh, a, a a fan script or a fan manuscript of this book exists. <laughs> <laughs> so Elaine wants to set the record straight that she did not tell Kramer to say hi, but Jake points out that coming down to say you didn't say hi is more of a gesture than if you did say hi. So he thinks Elaine is still in love with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did like one part of this when she's you know, talking to Jake and the guy behind her is like, hey, I've been waiting a long time to get this book signed. And she grabs it and signs it while she's still talking to Jake. <laughs> so back at the apartment, Jerry is very upset about being lied to by Gary. And one of the reasons is he bought him, uh, you know, he's been so nice to him. He even bought him an unlimited membership in the hair team for men because he was so upset about, about losing his hair during chemo. <laughs> But Jerry has to keep being nice to Gary, according to George, because George doesn't want Gary to know that he can't keep a secret. Mm-hmm. And also because George is being given the parking space by Gary. So George yes. is gaining something from the relationship. So Jerry can't jeopardize that because then George would lose out. That's the main reason. Yes, that's exactly right. It, it, all, it always comes back to George and something, you know, George's needs and mm-hmm. George's <laughs> what George is getting out of the deal. Um, by the way, hair team for men here, I'm guessing, is kind of a reference to hair club for men. Have you ever heard of did, that? Did they say hair team for men? Because I wrote down a hair club for men. See, I wrote down hair team, and I okay. was like, oh, it's probably it, I'm, a I'm reference sure, to the hair club for men. I, I'm sure if they said hair team, me writing hair club is definitely in the realm of possibility because I just probably assumed, oh, it's, I'm sure it's the hair club for men. Yeah, yeah. So you remember? Do you remember these commercials? I don't remember the commercials. I just know, like, uh, I I remember the name. I remember like what it was about. I, I I'm too yeah. I'm too young to like remember the actual commercials for it. I think. The I don't know why. Again, this popped into my head before I saw the episode, and I don't know why. But I just remembered I was driving down the road the other day, and and it popped into my head like. I'm not just uh, I'm not just a president. I'm also a client. That's what the guy in the commercial used to say. He was like, yeah, "Join the hair club for men." Blah blah blah. And he'd say, "I'm not just the president. I'm a client." And you know, I guess you were supposed to be blown away by the fact that. And I guess it was like a a two pay subscription service. I'm not really sure what it what it really was. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know if it was like for two pays or if it was for uh, hair plugs or hair transplants. I, I don't know if those were a thing yet in '95. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were, and that's why I, that's what I always thought it was. Um, but the hair team is a totally it seems to be a toupee service. Um, but it reminds me of that great I think you should leave sketch about the when you want to stop wearing your toupee, and so they send you like 500 toupees that you change every hour, <laughs> and so it looks like your hair you're losing your hair naturally. You remember that? Yeah, at, at an incredibly rapid pace. Like people will wonder <laughs> yeah, yeah. what is happening to you. <laughs> Um, and and the great quote from that is, "Was that a is that a toupee, you piece of shit?" <laughs> like if you go in one day without wearing it, like, uh, uh, or if you really want to lose your hair quickly, they'll they'll pay someone in a gorilla suit to rip it off your head, and and then you say, "That was my real hair." God, and then you can stop wearing it immediately. I can't fucking wait until I think you should leave season two. My God, we need season two, Tim. We know you're listening. This is just a sidebar. This has nothing to do with Seinfeld, but man. <laughs> I know. If 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 twenty if twenty twenty needs anything to just kind of like pull us back together, it's season two of I think you should leave. 
But I, I would rather have season two of I Think You Should Leave than season two of The Mandalorian right now. Wow, that's big. That is big. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can wait on The Mandalorian. <laughs> so over at Monk's, Jerry is meeting with Gary, who is wearing one of his new toupees from the hair team for men. And George, you know, Jerry is... He remembers, you know, he has like kind of an audio flashback to George saying you have to be nice uh, because he wants to look at Jerry's fillings. And (laughs) then I love this like parking space, parking space, parking space. Yeah, it it was very, (laughs) it it was very, uh, and this is weird because Jerry's opening his mouth to show his fillings. It was very uh, dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I knew it reminded me of something. I couldn't put my finger on it. That's exactly it. (laughs) Uh, And so Gary gets up to go talk to, as he says, Miss Cool Toes, somebody uh, that George pointed out when they were eating that comes into the monks every single day and just reads a book and never talks to anybody. (laughs) And so with Gary's newfound confidence, thanks to his toupee, he goes over to talk to her. I thought Cool Toes was a weird (laughs) turn of phrase. It it seems like a very John Lovitz phrase, though. Yeah. So I, 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 part of me wonders if he just ad libbed that. It seems like there's a lot of ad libs about this interaction coming up when he, like all of the Jack stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, I guess she's talking to Blue Streak now, Jack, and stuff like that seems very, <laughs> yeah, on brand for John Lovitz. Kramer comes in and he is wearing an eye patch. And he, Jerry's got a great line like, you look like a pirate. And Kramer says, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I felt about this because uh, they're. They're getting oh, like they're, they're very meta at this point. They know it's it's <laughs> tongue in cheek, um, but th- but then again, if I if I criticize this, then I'm pretty sure I'm legally not allowed to be a fan of Community. So I I I, 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 I think I have to be okay with this. Yeah, and at least I mean they they played with it in several different ways. You know, I don't want to be a pirate. I don't want to be a cowboy. But now saying I want to be a pirate, you know, is sort of like maybe. Hopefully they don't go back to the well another time. But this was this was a good button on that on that runner. I think <laughs> I want to be a pirate. Uh, but Kramer's depth perception is way off. Is the only problem. He, you know, he he can't see out of one side of his face, and so he's you know completely misjudging where everything is. Like as far as Gary's hand to shake or sitting down at the booth. Yeah, he, he completely falls down into the booth, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a very Kramer way. George is driving in the next scene uh, with in his car that was owned by John Voight, he mentions, too. I, again, I wrote here Debbie Biblo, B-I-B-L-O. I don't okay. know if that's the way it's spelled. but um, And she's like, why would you call me out of the blue? And he's like, oh, you know, because uh, Gary told me you said hi. But <laughs> she didn't say hi. She said to give George my regards, but she didn't say hi. <laughs> which and and the, the, the fact that, that she she doubles down and she's like i didn't say hi i said regards Re- <laughs> regards doesn't mean hi the fact that she doubles down on that is brutal for george jesus yeah yeah this is more watch people die inside <laughs> material uh driving by michael's muffins once again elaine is explaining the jake situation to her taxi driver and she sees a man somehow, I mean, talk about a perfect vision. I mean, Link could be a friggin' fighter pilot being able to spot a guy walking the opposite direction down a street who is wearing the same glasses that Jake has. And so she makes the taxi driver stop. She gets out. And outside of stationers and the liquor store that we're outside of quite a bit, uh, you know, on, on Seinfeld Street lot, 
I did notice, by the way, the Froyo stand, the Froyo uh, um, awning next to stationers. Mm -hmm. And so I took this opportunity to go back. And this is what I was talking about earlier. I took this opportunity (laughs) to go back and see if I could tell if stationers was next to the Froyo place. Because in the Big Salad episode, that's the first time we noticed that it is. Um, And in the Frozen Yogurt, which is season five, episode seven, the Frozen Yogurt place, it's a different... It doesn't have that same awning that we see here next to stationers and the liquor store. Hmm. But we do, I do see that it is next to Zigzag Jewelry. And I know, now I can't remember what, what business was next to Zigzag Jewelry. Huh. But I know that came up recently. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. So that's just going to be a mystery for all time because there's no way I'm going to be able to go back and, and find that. But I remember looking up Zigzag Jewelry and how I believe it's still there. Oh God! But, is it? but being Jeez. at season five, I think that was when they were in the middle of like changing their street set and stuff like that. So it's it's totally different B roll. Yeah. She stops the guy and you know wants to know where he got the glasses, and the guy got them in Malaysia, and they were very expensive. But Elaine says, "Let's start the bidding." Then George is back in the car, back in George's car with Debbie. Uh, it, they lay out the fact that George thought it was a date, and Debbie is for sure telling him it is not a date. And it's because, in fact, uh, you know, she, Debbie tells a little, she tells him a secret. Can you keep a secret? And George is like, yeah, uh, that she fell in love with Gary after he got sick because he had such a beautiful outlook on life after all that. <laughs> and uh, that's got that makes Jerry, uh, that makes George even angrier because Gary was never sick. And now he's got this woman back at Monk's. Gary got cool toes to talk. Jack, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, well, she's talking a blue streak now, Jack. God. <laughs> <laughs> back on the street uh the cop you said officer morgan uh yeah yeah he sees his white whale the uh, brown dodge diplomat just as the glasses guy stumbles blindly in front of george's car so all of our plot lines are sort of uh, meeting up right here in the middle of the episode and george crashes distracting the cop who once again loses the car and Kramer happens to be there too and notices who is driving mm-hmm. the car and that's Newman which okay I've got a problem with this scene here officer Morgan walks up he sees the Dodge diplomat and he walks over to the meter that it's at or no not the meter he walks over to the uh, driver door because he's parked at a hydrant so we assume then we, we don't see the interior of the car we assume the car is empty right because mm-hmm. because if there was someone in the car, instead of writing him a ticket, he would have just arrested the guy, right? Yeah, probably. So, whenever the blind guy stumbles into traffic and George swerves to miss him, and the Dodge Diplomat then right, races off right in front of Officer Morgan, where did that driver come from? <laughs> well, we, we know, especially from the last episode, that <laughs> Newman is very quick on his feet. I, I guess, but, like, to be lighter than air, thinner than air, and sneak <laughs> through the crack of the door right in front of the cop, start the car, put it in put it in gear, and drive off, all in a matter of, what, half a second? <laughs> I wouldn't I, be surprised if he pulled a Dukes of Hazard and slid across the hood, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and jumped in, it jumped in the window, uh, Dukes of Hazard style. <laughs> At, at, at this point, by the end of season six, they're going to make uh, Newman like freaking Spider-Man or something. <laughs> yeah. So 
uh, over at the apartment, George is comparing. Uh, George is complaining about George and Jerry. I guess are complaining about Gary in this scene and how upset they both are with him. Over at Walden Books, Elaine shows Jake the glasses, and he is incensed at the fact that Elaine somehow found these glasses. And I like, I was like, where'd you get those? She was like, Malaysia. I was in the neighborhood. (laughs) Just petty. God. Just new levels of petty. And so Kramer gets into Newman's car, uh, kind of by surprise, and confronts him about being the scofflaw and how Newman has been living in paranoia, not able to sleep, you know, worried that he's going to be caught eventually by this officer who's been chasing him since 1979. And so he's asked Kramer to help him. Help me, Kramer. And back on the street, George and Jerry are discussing Gary getting a... I'm sorry, they're discussing George getting a toupee. George is seriously considering getting a toupee. And Jerry is trying to talk him out of it. What did you think? They always look worse than you mm-hmm. think. Yeah. What did you think of George with a toupee on? I thought it looked good. <laughs> I, it didn't look bad. I mean, m- maybe it's because like I knew like okay they're in a toupee store, and so I knew okay Jason Alexander is wearing a toupee here, but I didn't think it looked awful. No, no. It even has like kind of a cool bed head thing going on. <laughs> But the uh, like the, it's the, not there's the, no like like hard part in it like yeah. a lot of them are. But the salesman, however, the salesman's toupee was who boy very bad. Oh, that was hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Like didn't didn't match his uh, his skin tone. Didn't match like his age at all. <laughs> like di- didn't even look like he would naturally grow that color of hair. No, no, it was all wavy and weird and like almost it was very new wave. You know, it's like something you'd see on like a new wave band lead singer in the 80s or something because it almost goes over one eye like that you know yeah (laughs) but over at monks uh, elaine is talking with mr lipman and meeting with him and he's offering elaine a job at a new publishing house that he's going to open if jake's book does well and then he remarks that he likes elaine's glasses she's still wearing them for some reason and elaine is done with them so she gives her glasses to mr lipman yeah is she trying to like flirt her way back into a job here i think so i think the gift was probably i mean she was done with them but i mean it couldn't hurt to give him the glasses that he said he liked you know yeah well i mean like even before she like gives him the glasses uh, th- this is her flirty behavior. We've seen this before. Like she's overly laughing at jokes. She's being very coy. Yes. She's she's uh, uh, she's like giggly, a- and this is what she does whenever she's flirting. Yeah, yeah, it's very Mr. Lipman. Oh, yeah. thank you. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, over at the Manhattan courthouse, a judge orders Newman to get a parking spot in a garage. Or else they're going to impound his car and it will be sold at auction. Uh, so he's not allowed to park on the street anymore in New York City. Or the you know they're going to impound his car and sell it. So he has to get a he has to buy a parking spot, pay for a parking spot. Which Kramer then says uh, like that the, he's yeah. a, th- this man is in my custody, and th- the judge just gives him <laughs> a, a very very stern look. I, I wonder if it's because of a grown man is in this other grown man's custody or the fact that Kramer's wearing an eye patch. I don't know. All of the above, I think. <laughs> I think there's a lot of it puzzling to her, but she's like, she doesn't care enough to get into it, but just give him a weird disapproving look. Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, so over at, the, over at the hair company, this is where George is trying on the toupee with the salesman who's getting very irate with Jerry trying to talk George out of getting the toupee. Jerry very honestly says, you look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's like, why don't you, you know, if you get that, why don't you just get white shoes and move to Miami Beach and get it over with? Hell get the yeah. whole thing over with. Hell yeah. <laughs> but but the salesman also says, like, and, this this one hasn't been custom fitted to his scalp. <laughs> yeah, as if that's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> and I, I did notice that, that Jerry does the typical Jerry Seinfeld smirk after delivering the put on some white shoes, move to Miami Beach and get the whole thing over with line. That, you know, it's like when he almost breaks, but not quite, like just yeah. laughing at something he just said himself, you know. It's like, man, I was really funny just there. Um, which reminds me of one of my favorite Titus lines from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that I use all the time. That was really funny, by the way. <laughs> I love saying that when Sarah doesn't acknowledge something hilarious I just said. I'm like, yeah, that was really funny, by the way. <laughs> that's That's what Jerry Smirk says in so many words. And Gary comes in because he needs a little touch-up on his toupee, and he loves the look of George's toupee. And, oh, by the way, George uh, Gary has to give up George's spot to uh, some scofflaw, he says. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't fight City Hall. And then Jerry gives, the, <laughs> gives a look to George like, all right, what about now? And George <laughs> gives the okay to Jerry to blow the secret that he knows that Gary never had cancer. <laughs> which, was, which was great. Because uh, Jerry oh, starts, yeah. and then Gary looks at George, and uh, Gary's like, "You told him," and George smirking, he's like, "I did, I did, yeah, very, <laughs> just so petty again." <laughs> <laughs> Over at Monks, George walks in with his brand new custom fitted toupee, and immediately gets the green light from a hottie sitting at the first table. Oh my god! Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the the confidence is there, and we do get one more little epilogue from the New York Marriott Marquis, and Mr. Libman is introducing Jake and uh, the new book at some sort of press conference or something like that, and he puts on his glasses to read off some stats about the deal, and Jake goes off and accosts Mr. Lipman uh, for having the same glasses and accuses Elaine of playing some sort of <laughs> sick prank on Jake, and uh, Elaine makes an exit, makes a hasty exit from the press conference. Oh, God. Okay. Are there normally press conferences for books? This did seem weird, especially because it seemed like the book was already out. Yeah. Is is this a normal thing? Like people are buying the book (laughs) and Jake is signing it. Uh, what we're uh, what we're to assume is days before this press conference, and then the media is asking Jake what his percentage of the book is. So, like, how much he? This is almost like uh, the questions you would ask the author and the publishing company before the book is written, like as the deal is signed, right? <laughs> yeah, and not to mention he—it's <laughs> such a popular book. He needed to be at the Manhattan Walden Books for two straight days. Yeah. <laughs> and th- there was a guy <laughs> waiting one of the days all day. So we know that line was long. Yeah. They had to turn people away and be like, all right, come to tomorrow's signing. Okay. There's going to be another day of signing. <laughs> so Another so, line of people for a whole day. So this was a very popular book, apparently. The only thing <laughs> that I could write, the only headcanon that I could write is that... <laughs> This is announcing Mr. Lipman's new publishing house, which has gotten the rights to Jake Jarmel's next book. Mm. And what's the percentage on that deal? But but again, I mean, you got to stretch and just make that up on your own. Yeah, I, I, I that, that makes as good a, a, a point as anything <laughs> at this point, really. <laughs> makes as much but sense. But there's nothing to indicate that that's true. No. 
(laughs) (laughs) And, And like, why would you like, it's not like a director who has like, it's not like the Russo brothers after Endgame opened up first weekend announced what their next movie was, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be the weird thing about Jake Jarmel talking about, right. Well, my first book just went on the market, but now here's what my next book is going to be like, Whoa, I mean, let that one sit for a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, for like a year or two, then again, look at the guy who directed hereditary and midsummer. Like he, he was a working on them simultaneously. And then he releases two, uh, I, I, I hate to call them blockbusters, but two high-profile horror movies in back-to-back years. And I think they were both for A24, were they not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be the other weird thing that I would be pissed if I was the other publishing house. And <laughs> it was like, hey, what's going on? Stop talking about your next book with a different publishing house the weekend after. Like, your book just came. Your book's been out for three days. Stop talking <laughs> about your next book and this other deal that you've signed. Like, we haven't even gone on the tour to promote this book yet, Jake. Yeah. I mean, the paperback's not even out. <laughs> <laughs> This has got to be against a contract of some sort. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the pretty much the end of the episode there. All right. Did we have any homework then? What do you think? I don't think so. I, I, I don't remember anything. I, again, d- don't think so. Uh, nothing really stood out as far as, like, uh, questions that came up. Yeah, no. Okay. What do we want to make this week's cover art? I think I only had one uh, one scene that I really like the still frame of, and that was, oh, let me see. I can't read my own writing. Hmm. Okay, I only had one still frame, and that was Jerry just opening his mouth wide, showing Gary his fillings, and John Lovitz just, he's also making a face, staring into Jerry's mouth. Um, I think that's all I had. Did you think of anything uh, different? No, the only thing I could think, well... I do. Uh, I'm. I'm fine with that. The only thing I can think that um, I would put up with it is maybe George and Jerry, and maybe the clerk at, at the hair company. Um, mm. You know, getting George when when George had his toupee on. Which, by the way, I forgot to mention this, but you figure an awning like that, the hair company would be an easy business to find. But I couldn't find any information about anything <laughs> called the hair company that was ever in New York City. So. That is just a rabbit hole that I wasn't able to, uh, that, that came up empty-handed. Came oh, up empty-handed there. Man. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I will go with one of those. Yeah. All right, did we want to come up with a better description? I think we can. Okay, I, I don't think it'll be too hard. So we had a friend, parenthetical, John Lovitz, takes illness to get Jerry's sympathy, semicolon, Kramer obstructs justice. Well, it's fake's illness, is it not? Is it fakes an illness? Oh, yeah. I guess that would make sense. I guess I wrote it wrong. <laughs> I, I must have wrote it wrong last week and because I copy and pasted it from last episode. So a, a, friend, <laughs> a friend, John Lovitz, fakes illness to get Jerry's sympathy. I guess that does make more sense. <laughs> yeah, and that's why. And, and I could have sworn you said you did say that at the beginning of the episode, which is weird that that this time I heard takes because that's why I hated it. Cause it gives away sort of the, the middle of the episode here. It gives mm-hmm. away that he's faking the illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one part of it. I don't like, and how is Kramer obstructing justice? He's not. Oh, because he, he distracted the cop, I guess the first time because he said, Hey pig. And the cop thought he was talking about him. 
Is is that how? Yeah, and and the car got away, so I guess he obstructed justice in that instance. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the way they put that. What's the first part about John Lovitz? Uh, a friend, John Lovitz, takes illness to... God damn it. A friend, John Lovitz, <laughs> fakes illness to get Jerry sympathy. How about something like, George is upset a friend, John Lovitz, didn't confide in him. Mm, and, okay. and, Kramer, and Kramer Kramer updates his look. Kramer updates his look. I mean, we could say something like Kramer... Kramer brings a, I mean, it sort of gives away the end. I was going to say, you know, Kramer brings a criminal to justice or something like that. Yeah. Or Kramer works. Eh, I, I don't, I don't like that either. Cause uh, I mean, we faking the illness was the middle of the episode, but Kramer bringing him to justice was the end of the episode. Exactly. But I feel like the Newman storyline, the, 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 the car storyline is more, it's almost like that's Kramer's A story and updating his look is the B story. Okay. So I I would love um, Kramer, something with a cop. Kramer Kramer tries to help a cop, something like that. <laughs> Kramer tries to help a friendly NYPD officer <laughs> that definitely won't kill him. Kramer tries to right a wrong. Kramer tries to catch a criminal. Uh, Kramer tries to help catch a criminal. I like that. Kramer, maybe. What about Kramer helps catch a criminal? Kramer helps catch a criminal. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Like so, that. so what was what did we have for the first part? George is upset. A friend, John Lovitz, didn't confide in him. Semicolon. And Kramer, Kramer helps catch yeah. a criminal. I love it. There we go. I love it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Uh, okay. So next Jack. week, next week we have got. A double episode, uh, whether or not it is a, a double length episode uh, remains to be seen because it is Highlights of 100, original air date February 2nd, 1995. A uh, TV Guide description that night is a special one-hour Seinfeld looks back on the first 100 shows. So uh, I'm sure we, we'll, uh, be talk- we'll be talking about way like... Way too much. Yeah, it gives away the entire episode. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about like some of like the new material in there, if there is new material, or if it is literally just a clip show. I don't know. Right, right. It'll be it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see how we cover this. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't imagine how you feel out there in podcast land. Oh, good Christ! <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, you, you are reading you are reading your RSS feed correctly. Episode ninety seven is highlights of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> We're such a quick podcast. We talk about a hundred episodes in ninety seven. Jesus. <laughs> talk about times talk about a time saver oh man uh so like is, is that it yeah that's it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted haldwell be good be good